If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You look at all levels of the defense, defensive front, linebackers, secondary. Fred Warner lead his unit out there making plays from sideline to sideline. You're seeing Nick Bosa generate pressure. You're seeing a defense that has not given up a 100-yard rusher since week seven. This here potentially could be a Super Bowl type of game. Um, you're talking about one of the hottest teams in the AFC and one of the hottest teams getting hot at the right time in San Francisco for the Niners go. So this could be potential, a Super Bowl matchup just depends. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you alongside NFL safety, J.J. Wilcox. And we are already moving to week 13, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a fast NFL season. Looking forward to getting into some of these games, matchups, predictions, players of the week. You have it all right here on the Pro Football Chase podcast. But J.J., how are you doing today, man? Hi, what's going on, man? I'm doing well this morning. I'm excited for this uh, this week's podcast, a lot of new faces in different spots, upsets this week. So I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to get it rolling. Well, let's go ahead and get right to it, all right? So my prediction tally for week 12, 10 and 6, JJ. So you know what, yeah. man? Four games above 500. My upset pick almost came through the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day. That was a fantastic game against the Bills. But Buffalo, Stephon Diggs, that Josh Allen connection ended up Getting them in field goal range, and then Tyler Bass with the game-winning field goal. So that was a close one, but you also had a upset pick with the Patriots going over the Vikings, and that one almost yes. came through as well. Minnesota was able to squeak that one out, but kind of a crazy week of football, J.J. Yeah, it was. I was Unfortunately, I went 7-7. Seven for seven. A lot of my picks that I have and thought was going to be uh, easy wins came out to be some upsets, so... Uh, just go to show you, man, any day, any given Sunday, man, you got to be prepared to do what you got to do and take care of business because um, there's a lot of upsets. And like I said, there's a lot of great teams out there, man, playing some good ball as well. All right, before we get into our players of the week, I do want to give our listeners just a brief look at the current NFL playoff picture because it's that time, JJ, entering week 13. We're down the stretch. December football, you know, gets real serious. But right now in the AFC, the Chiefs, number one seed, nine and two. The two seed, Miami Dolphins, eight and three. Titans are the three seed, seven and four. Ravens, after squandering that big lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're still 
number four seed with a seven and four record, then the Bills, Bengals, Jets, seeds five, six, and seven. And then looking at the NFC, Eagles still at number one, 10 and one, Vikings two seed, nine and two, 49ers now the three seed, seven and four, Bucks five and six, below 500, but they're still leading their division with the four seed. And then Seats five, six, and seven belong to the NFC East, JJ. The Cowboys yeah. at five, eight, and three. Giants at six, seven, and four. And then the Commanders at seven, seven, and five. So how about that? The NFC East that was touted as the NFC least for many years, JJ, has turned into the NFC beast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. They got a lot of great teams over there that's doing some great ball. If you'd have told me this early in the season, I might would have said, I might wouldn't have been with you, but they're stepping up, man, and playing some and some great ball. It's some great, some great situations as well, too. So shout out to the NFC East, man. You know, I played in that division for a long time, and um, we had some good talent there as well. So it's good to see the competition and the talent and the respect getting back on the NFC East. It definitely is good to see, JJ, but it doesn't necessarily make me happy as a Cowboy fan. But uh, you know what I mean? But And I'm sure you, you feel the same way, right, JJ? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, I hate each and every team over there. Um, outside of Dallas, so I, I, I'm with you. I feel your pain on that one. All right, man. Well, you know what? That's just a quick look at the playoff picture. We're going to dive into some potential playoff matchups as we get closer to the postseason, which is coming rather soon. But player of the week, JJ, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the former number one overall pick, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, he was yeah. sensational on Sunday. And the Baltimore Ravens, we've talked about it time and time again on the podcast. They continue to blow those fourth-quarter deficits, and this time they fell victim to Duval County, the Jacksonville Jaguars. A big part of it was Trevor Lawrence. He finally looked like that touted signal caller that everybody believed he was coming out of Clemson. 29-37, 321 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and then 15 of 19 for 173 yards in the fourth quarter, during which he threw touchdown passes of one yard to Jamal Agnew and then a 10-yard score to Marvin Jones. The Jaguars have now won a second time in three weeks. It was a third consecutive game without an interception for Trevor Lawrence, and he also had more than 100 passer rating again. So Trevor Lawrence, he deserves being the player of the week this week, J.J., and bringing that Jaguars team from behind, Doug Peterson, things are starting to flow a little bit, an uberly mm-hmm. talented team. So hats off to Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely, man. Well-deserved. We all know what kind of player his, he was coming into this league. Uh, we all know that it, uh, the, the amount of uh, pressure that be on uh, rookie quarterbacks and, and, you know, going through the culture change that he went through and just to see him – uh, overcoming adversity that's been thrown his way even through the, throughout the season, the ups and the downs and everything. He still finds a way to come through in, in big games and big-time situations. So that's huge for Jacksonville, and that's big for Trevor Lawrence as well. And I know there are several other standouts, J.J., and who is one player that you decided deserves to be named Player of the Week? Yeah, I could have went a lot of different ways. I could have went the offensive side of the ball with Tua, uh, socket to him. Um, I could have went with also Jacobs running away up there in, this, in Seattle. That was a great performance by him and then even the Chiefs as well. So, but I decided to go across from you on the defensive side of the ball for Jacksonville Duval County. I went for year Alacoon, 18 tackles, 13 solo, five assists, man, one pass deflection. That's pretty, that's impressive. That's hard to do in this league to get that many tackles and, and, and not even to miss any of them. 
Um, but just a, a straight defensive performance for them to stop a good caliber AFC powerhouse over there in the Baltimore Ravens. The run game that they did, they shut it down. They did a great job of playing great uh, collective group of football. And, man, it's just my hat off the four-year. played with him in Atlanta. He was a beast, a tackling machine here as well. And it's just good to see a uh, former teammate of mine actually keep doing it and keep trending up in a team that's on their way on, on the rise up. So my MVP defensively goes to uh, Foyer Alicum. Foyer, the former Falcon, that's cool that you brought him up because he was one of the biggest signings in the offseason, although a lot of people were like, who is this guy? Very underrated, but he's a tackling machine, as you just alluded to, JJ. And so, yeah, anchoring that Jacksonville defense, and, and watch out, folks. You know, right now the Jaguars aren't in the playoff race right now, but they certainly are in the hunt with that win over the Ravens on Sunday. So keep an eye out for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they continue their quest to get into the playoffs. But here we go, JJ, week 13. Let's turn the page. Whatever happened in week 12, if you're not happy with your predictions tally, now's your time for redemption, JJ. It's a new day, all right? So Ah. here we go, man. Teams on bye. Cardinals and Panthers, they're off. And boy, could the Cardinals use a bye week because they lost another game. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, you know, things are falling over there in the desert. And we'll touch on that another day. But here we go. Thursday night football is where things start. The Bills at the Mm -hmm. Patriots. Buffalo 8-3, New England 6-5, coming off that tightly contested loss to the Minnesota Vikings on Thanksgiving night. JJ, this is another AFC East divisional clash. I expect it to be tightly contested, but Buffalo, they're starting to find a little bit more of a rhythm. They're looking more like the team that everybody thought they were entering this season. Although the Lions gave them another scare, Josh Allen has kind of been nursing that elbow injury. He's been a full participant this week, so that's good news for his health and for Buffalo. I'm going to go with the Bills here, JJ, after picking against them a couple of weeks ago, but I think they're starting to trend in the right direction, and especially, finally, it looks like Ken Dorsey is willing to commit to the rushing attack giving the ball to Devin Singletary, letting James Cook go to work as well. And as long as they can keep that good balance and just tell Josh Allen, you don't have to win the game for us every week. You don't have to go make those erratic throws late in the game. New England, you know, has got a very tough defense. Matt Judon leading the NFL in sacks. But I don't think the Patriots have enough offensively to hang with Buffalo, even though they're at home. I'll go Bills here, 27-20. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Um, even the loss of, of Von Miller kind of kind of put things in a haze, but we all know that um, you not just can't depend on one person. But he was a, he was coming up big in certain situations. The Buffalo Bills, their playmakers keep making plays when it matters the most. Allen the day is connecting big in the stretch last week uh, against the Lions, five receptions, 65 yards. Uh, and scored on the two final drives that they needed the most. And for New England, for every reason you said, you know, they're just not consistent enough in the red zone for me. Um, and in the late in the late rounds of of the seasons, you gotta be, you gotta win third downs, and you gotta be consistent and um, have a winning percentage in the red zone. And for that reason, I'm going Buffalo Bills as well. Um, I think New England just they're there defensively, but offensively they gotta help the defense out and be able to punch it in when they get close to the red zone. Well, Damian Harris, one of their running backs, is likely out on Thursday due to an injury, so it'll be more Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. But next matchup here, Steelers 4-7, and seven, coming off 
a gritty win last night. Was it the most clean football game? But they yeah. got the win. That was most important. Their defense stepped up. Kenny Pickett starting to look a little bit more comfortable back there. They're taking the road to play the Atlanta Falcons, who are 5-7. and seven. Atlanta coming off a tight loss of their own in Washington. Now, Atlanta, they're still very much alive to win the division, JJ, even though they're yeah. two games below 500. So they still have a lot to play for. Marcus Mariota remains their starting quarterback. So for you, JJ, looking at this matchup, are you rolling with your hometown Falcons? Or are you going to take Pittsburgh here? I'm going to go with my hometown Dirty Birds, man. I'm going to ATL Falcons. I'm going to Atlanta Falcons, man. I'm going to go with them just because of their running game and the things they do. Um, all offensively, they kind of can give Pittsburgh some 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 um, different matchups and some and some trouble in the back end. I like what Pittsburgh doing, but I think that offense still consistent. I still want to see more from Deontay Johnson than the number one receiver he has it. I don't think, uh, if I'm correct, that pass, passing touch, receiving touchdown yet either. So in order to be a good offensive team, your number one receiver will have to step up and make big plays down the clutch. And I think Atlanta Falcons can do enough running the ball, keeping the ball out of the Pittsburgh Steelers' hands. And physically, they got a good enough unit to hold uh, the Pittsburgh's weapons. So give me the Atlanta Falcons here, pulling it off at the hometown. You know what, JJ? I'm going to oppose you here. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the momentum they're riding coming off a win. Defensively, TJ Watt, although he was pretty quiet last night, having him back in the lineup has really boosted the morale of the team. Minka Fitzpatrick, a big-time playmaker. And then Cam Hayward in the middle. As long as he's healthy, that defense for Pittsburgh is going to continue to cause problems. And I was really impressed by Kenny Pickett last night, making some yeah. really impressive tight window throws. And then you got George Pickens. And then now I will say Najee Harris, he left the game with an abdominal injury. His status moving forward is unclear. So they're going to have to rely on some of the younger backs like Anthony McFarlane and Jalen Warren, but I think they do enough. Friermuth has been a big part of that Steelers offense. 2016, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here over the Atlanta Falcons and what should be a close game. I just think Pittsburgh is able to get the nod with a strong defensive performance. So on we go now to the next matchup. Green Bay, 4-8. and eight. Chicago, 3-9. and nine. Justin Fields, his availability uncertain. Still dealing with that left separated shoulder. He was out this past Sunday. If he's unable to go again, Trevor Simeon would get a second consecutive start. JJ, the Packers, you know, they hung with the Eagles. Rodgers went yeah. down with that injury. Jordan Love may be the guy for Green Bay this week. So we may have some backup quarterbacks going toe-to-toe -to -toe here. But just because of the rushing attack that Chicago has and how bad Green Bay's defense has been against the run, giving up 363 yards to the Eagles, I'm going to give the nod to the Bears here with David Montgomery and their ability to control the time of possession, being at home. So Chicago, 23-20, low-scoring game. Mm, mm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go opposite of you on this one, man. I might have to go with the cheese say at State here. <laughs> I might go with Green Bay. I'm going to go with Green Bay here, man, just because of the new faces. You're talking about a quarterback mayhem uh, that happened last week to Chicago. I still think uh, they got a lot of different things to kind of clean up and improve. Uh, the quarterback situation is, is big for them. They got a lot of injuries. The injury bugs hit them pretty bad. Eddie Jackson, uh, Moody, receiver Moody's down, offensive line as well. So I think all those key factors, like I say, you're going to need as much weapon, as much depth as you can. And I think Green Bay have enough. Uh, they got a familiar face on the center in love. He knows the offense. He's been around it for a while, even though he hasn't been on the center. I like what the running game could do as well. 
Um, I like the matchups outside at the Jalier Alexander and uh, Douglas does as well to provide a little bit of security blanket on the outside. So I like what Green Bay offers here. I think they have a little bit more depth. If Chicago did have the injuries and the new face on the center, I would definitely roll with Fields in Chicago, but I'm going to go Green Bay here. Jaguars at Lions, both teams 4-7. and seven. Mentioned Detroit playing the Bills very tight at home. Jaguars with a big win over the Ravens. This was a tough one for me to choose here, JJ. I'm rolling with Dan Campbell and the Lions, yeah. though. 31-27. Jared Goff and that offense. Amon Ross St. Brown. You're seeing Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, the one-two punch on the ground. And then on defense, ever since they made that change with Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn really locking things down defensively, seeing some young guys starting to step up. James Houston, the rookie out of Jackson State with two sacks, signed him to the active roster. Jeff Okuda is working his way back from injury, but when he's been on the field, he's been lights out as well. So Kirby Joseph, the rookie safety as well, being a standout player. Aiden Hutchinson, I think they're going to do enough, J.J., at home to get a tight win, 31-27 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Dan Campbell and this Detroit Lions football team get a win. Yeah, um, Detroit Lions, they proved they can compete with the best um, in the league throughout week to week. Uh, the coaching staff, we knew what kind of coaching staff they brought in the front office that they had together as well. So we knew it just a, moment, um, a matter of time and the potential that the Lions had as well. If we win the close games, uh, be better in end-game situations and create a little bit more takeovers. I think there'll be a team that can kind of sneak in in the back end. Uh, Jacksonville just kind of been up and down for me. They'll win one game, lose next two, or, uh, one or two next. So, and for the inconsistency, I like I like uh, the Detroit Lions here. I think they they showed that they can play ball. They won week to week more consistently than Jacksonville has. So I'm with you here. I'm gonna go with Dan Campbell and Motor City up in Detroit Lions. Jets at Vikings. The Jets seven and four. Minnesota nine and two. How about Mike White, JJ coming in, throwing for over three hundred yards, three touchdowns, giving that Jets offense a much needed boost. And this is a rather intriguing matchup here in Week 13. And all while I want to go with the Jets here. Minnesota has just been another notch above the rest. Of course, not against the Dallas Cowboys when they were throttled <laughs> at home. But Minnesota is, is a difficult place to win. And they kind of got their bearing straight again against New England on Thursday. So I'm going to go with Minnesota here. 28-20. Their defense looked for them to play a little bit better. They played down to some expectations as long as they have that big edge rushing duo coming at New York with Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith at the back end, yeah. and then offensively Justin Jefferson. The guy is uncoverable, and it's going to be great to see Justin Jefferson go up against Asas Gardner and DJ Reed. There's going to be some good receiver cornerback matchups, but I'm going to roll with Minnesota here, JJ. 28-20, I think they take care of business. Yeah, I agree with you. Even though I like uh, Sauce Gardner and what the defense do for the Jets, man, we seen last week what Jordan, Jordan, uh, Justin Jefferson can do even against double coverages and playing against some elite cornerbacks that we know the New England does. They have one of the best one-on-one um, -on -one matches up cornerbacks in the league. And um, we seen how he torched them nine receptions for 139 yards last week. And like you say, the New York Jets did a lot of great things too. Mike White, he did a, he brought a spark, a continuity. He did pass heavy. 
I think it was the, the most successful. They've been passing the ball vertical down the field with the Jets on top of running the ball as well. But for all the reasons you say, man, I like the Vikings, uh, Jordan Jefferson, I mean, Justin Jefferson, I'm sorry, uh, shown that he can beat any type of coverage you throw at him. And uh, for that reason, I like them to beat uh, the New York Jets. Commanders 7-5, and 5-1 five, five and one in their last six games, taking the road to face the Giants 7-4. and four. JJ, this is a massive game mm-hmm. for playoff implications. I mentioned the playoff seating right now. Currently, the Giants holding a slot above the Commanders here. NFC East guy, former Dallas Cowboys safety. You know these teams. Are you rolling with the Commanders here, JJ, and Taylor Heineke, or... Are you going to go with the Giants? Man, you know I'm rolling with my commanders, baby. You know they they won my, my games last week. They've been holding it down. They'll show that they can win on the road. They can win home. They do everything. They play good football. They're running the ball well. They're passing the ball well. The D-line is getting after the quarterback. They're winning on third down. They're getting off the field. And like I said, they're embracing the sucks, work through the pain and the injuries, and keep pushing. Um, unfortunately for them, they're getting everybody back healthy while everybody else is kind of going through the injuries on the Giants' side of the ball. So uh, for that reason, man, I like the commanders and what they're doing. I think their D-line is going to be a little too much for the Giants' O-line. That's kind of weakened right now, but they do have some returns coming back on the O-line. But I still like the commanders here to pull it off. I'm going with the commanders as well, 24-23. Taylor Heineke just has that edge to him. And then there could be another significant addition for the commanders if Chase Young is able to get cleared medically he could be making his return to the field and that would just make that front seven even more daunting for the Washington Commanders but the Giants they should be getting some guys back themselves Aziz Ojalari one of their top edge rushers was designated to return this week Evan Neal their top pick who's playing right tackle he could be back as well this will be a very close game JJ but I'm gonna give it to the Commanders 24-23 I think they get that one point victory Something like a a game-winning field goal from Joey Sly. The commanders keep on rolling. So both you and I going with Washington here. Now, Tennessee at Philadelphia. The Titans 7-4. Eagles 10-1. Tennessee coming off a loss to the Bengals at home. The Eagles just got by the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. I'm making this my upset pick. And I think it's more so just because I don't like the Eagles and I want them to lose. (laughs) But the Titans, man, speaking about Tennessee, if they're really going to contend this year, they need to start winning these types of games. I mean, I don't think they've beaten a team that's above 500 this season, if I'm not mistaken. And so they have a golden opportunity right here going on the road in a hostile environment. Tennessee, you know, is going to be physical in the trenches. That That is Mike right. Vrabel's DNA. Derrick Henry was shut down by Cincinnati. And so Philly, they got a tough front seven as well. So it's going to be tough mm-hmm. sledding for the Tennessee Titans. So almost within me, I want to go with the Eagles here. But this is a statement opportunity for Tennessee. And now the question is, will they answer the bell? And I'm going to say yes. Give me the Titans here. 26-24. Heavy dose of Derrick Henry defensively they're gonna have to generate some turnovers on Jalen Hurts and make sure they keep Hurts. Wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point and it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. 
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In the pocket because he right. can hurt defenses with his legs. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Much as I hate fly Eagles fly, man. I'm at the fly with him this week. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, man. They're playing some great ball. Uh, just um, shout outs to Jalen Hurts, man, for breaking the Vic, uh, breaking Michael Vick's record for the most rushing yards in a single game. And uh, defensively, man, like I say, Tennessee is going to be okay. I just want to see them have more of a consistent passing game and get away from the kind of the short routes and different things. Be able to throw it downfield, threat, put, take some threat, um, attack the defense vertically, and take some pressure off of Derrick Henry. We know the beast that he is. This is the type of weather. This is the type of the season, late in the season, where he thrives and, and just beat and pound up defenses. But I think Philly defense, man, their stat, they went and got some some in, um, in some key interior defensive linemen and Joseph and Bick in the coming in Sue uh, to kind of stop those running backs kind of similar to Derrick Henry late in the season now. So I just think the Philly defense and the, and, and the confidence that they have and um, and the role that they're on is just going to be a little too much for Tennessee, but I still believe Tennessee is going to be good. But I think Philly is going to pull this game off. Broncos three and eight at Ravens seven and four. JJ, I don't know what Damn. to say anymore about the Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson. I mean, it has just been a ferocious and disappointing season for Denver, a team that had all offseason hype about a potential Super Bowl run with Russell Wilson, and you look at their offense with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, but they have fallen flat yet again, coming off another loss, and now they go to Baltimore, and things don't get any easier because now they're going to play a pissed-off Ravens team that once again lost a lead in the fourth quarter. I'm rather easily going with the Ravens here, 23-13. Although Baltimore's offense has been stuck in the mud a little bit these last couple of weeks. And Denver, to their credit, secondary-wise with Patrick Sertan II and Kareem Jackson, I mean, they have a pretty physical secondary. So they may make it difficult for the Ravens, J.J., but I'm still going to go with Baltimore here by 10, 23-13. Lamar Jackson, I think, makes the plays when he needs to. But right now, it's just hard to really have any belief in what the Broncos yeah. are doing. 
Yeah, it's a sad situation for Broncos country. Um, I expected a lot more. I think, man, you talked before the action of week one. We said a team that might be um, that might be kind of had a lot of hype, and I told you Denver was going to be a lot of hype just because of the fact of them being the first year to put together with Russell and the new head coach and different stuff, and the timing that it takes to get to develop their relationship, man. And just a sad situation up in Denver. Um, they had a great defense up there. Um, like, but like you say, man, I'm a roll Baltimore here very easily. The Ravens, I think they get that bad taste out of their mouth and get back on the winter streak and get ready to make the push in the AFC. So give me Baltimore Ravens. Now a big one here, week 13, and it's because the return of Deshaun Watson, the Browns, 4-7. and seven. And shout out to Jacoby Brissett. He's been yep. really good during this suspension time and leading that team to an overtime victory on Sunday over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, keeping them afloat at least with a chance, a puncher's chance, but a chance to get into the playoffs. And now they go to Houston, taking on the Texans team, 1-9-1, that just got throttled by the Miami Dolphins as expected on Sunday but the big story in the dominating headlines Deshaun Watson reinstated from suspension he's making his return to Houston NRG Stadium I like the Browns here to win I don't know what Watson's gonna look like he's gonna have to shake off some rust I mean 11 weeks without playing football is a long time and this will be his first start JJ in the regular season since week 17 of the 2020 season so it's been a long while for Deshaun Watson, and so I expect them to rely heavily on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the ground. But right now, the Texans, man, they're just not putting up much of a fight defensively. I mean, they started off the season hanging around their opponents, but these last couple of weeks, things have really fallen off for Lovey Smith. And so I look for the Browns and Deshaun Watson to get this win with rather ease, a lot of emotions, obviously, but give me the Browns 30-16. Yeah, I can tell you one thing. Emotions are going to be high in that stadium, that's for sure, uh, For especially for Deshaun Watson and everybody else coming in to just to see that type of reunion against the team um, that we know he did a lot of great things for. Um, didn't have the best ending relationship to it, but, hey, we all know um, how well Deshaun Watson um, did a great job in Houston as well. So I think the is going to be very high. Thank you for that reason with the run game. I think the Cleveland Browns are excited to have him back. I think they're still close enough to, like you say, my hats off to Brissett for doing a good job of keeping everything intact, even with all the noise and the chaos around. That just showed you the type of professional he is. But um, I'm going to go Cleveland Browns here as well. Houston, I think they're, they're chopped up with the number one spot in the draft. I think they're going to find that long-time answer at quarterback. And um, there's no sad situation for Lovey. Does he stay? Does he really be there? Will they keep him? Um, even though with the madness of the quarterback circle that they have. But uh, give me Cleveland Browns here. I, um, I think Deshaun White's going to have a lot of emotions, a lot of stuff to prove. And I think he's going to do a good job of going there and take care of business. Seattle Seahawks, 6-5 and five at the Rams, 3-8. and eight, And the Rams are just also one of those teams that things are training downwards. Now Aaron Donald, they're... MVP defensive tackle, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain, likely going to sideline him for several weeks. So no Stafford, no Donald, no Cooper Cup, and they just continue to lose key players, JJ, and they try to put up a fight against Kansas City, but they really never had a shot just because Patrick Mahomes playing them over there at Arrowhead. And now they're going to host Seattle, who they're on a two-game losing streak, JJ. Seattle's kind of been a little bit below the water. They got off to a great start. They were everybody's main topic, Geno Smith, a love story about, man, Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. All of a sudden, they've come down to earth a little bit, but 
They're still very much alive in the division, trailing now the Niners by a game. And so this is a big-time opportunity for Seattle to go on the road, get a win, get back on track. I expect them to do just that, J.J., against a banged-up Rams team. Now, it is a divisional matchup, so you know that the Rams will probably come forward with whatever they got. And you know Perkins, if he is going to be starting again, he showed some flashes a little bit. Look for them to rely on Kyron Williams, Cam Akers running the ball. But it won't be enough. Seattle has the better team right now. So give me the Seahawks 24-17. Yeah, I think uh, Seattle uh, snuck past a lot of people this season. Um, not to take away from anything from there, because they, they still came out and played some good ball, running the football defensively. Uh, they've been in some great games playing defensively, some good defensive football. Uh, they just got to win the close ones. They got to find a way to, you know, to, to make the knockout punch, to actually take, take the team away, uh, put the foot on the throttle, man, and, and don't let up uh, and keep putting Geno Smith in those close shot, shootout games. So uh, I think right now, I think they, they, with the two losses, I think that's a way to kind of um, um, regroup, to reset, and to reload for the second half of the season. Because like I say, they're a game, a point game, point five game behind um, the 49ers as well. So this is a great opportunity for Seattle to, gra- to grab the reins again, play good football, take care of business, and get back in the driver's seat over there in the NFC West. So I like Seattle here um, to take care of the business, take care of business um, over in the Los Angeles Rams. Now, a big marquee matchup here. The Dolphins 8-3 and three at the 49ers 7-4. and four. This is a 3.05 p.m. Central Time kickoff. I wish this one was kind of put in prime time just because of the two teams. You know, Mike McDaniel playing his former team. Came from San Francisco. Now they're yeah. coaching Miami. And both of these teams, arguably two of the hottest teams in football right now, playing the best football on offense and on defense. JJ, this one... I think yes. will be really fun to watch. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers here, 27-24, solely based off the defense, J.J., led by Demeco Ryans. He has them playing high-level quality football. You look at all levels of the defense, defensive front, linebackers, secondary. Fred Warner lead his unit out there making plays from sideline to sideline. You're seeing Nick Bosa generate pressure. You're seeing a defense that has not given up a 100-yard rusher since week seven. They know how to shut down opponents. And they are also familiar with Mike McDaniel and his schemes. And so I think Demeco Ryans may have that upper hand on trying to limit. You're not going to slow down that Miami offense, but you can limit them. And I think the Niners do just that. And I know they're built on offense to run the ball. Elijah Mitchell went down, one of their starting running backs. So that's a big loss. But Christian McCaffrey should be healthy. Look for them to feed him, get Debo Samuel the ball out in space, George Kittle. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been really good too. And so because they'll have that home crowd behind them, J.J., I'm going to give it to the Niners here by three, 27-24 over a very dangerous Dolphins team. Yeah, you're talking about uh, this This here potentially could be a Super Bowl type of game. Um, you're talking about one of the hottest teams in the AFC and one of the hottest teams getting hot at the right time in San Francisco for the Niners go. So this could be potential, a Super Bowl matchup just depends. But I'm going to go with Miami, man. Sock it to him, man. Sock it. He's playing some great ball, man. He, he's hot right now. He's taking care of business. He's beating the team he's supposed to beat. He's winning the games he's supposed to win. Um, he's showing nothing but composure. He's showing, even in the late games when they're down, he's still showing great composure and doing a good job of, of punching it in and winning, man. The two receiving tandem that they have is one of a kind. But you're talking about two teams that are going to look identical mirror images of each other coming from the same type of offense 
And um, I think the Miami Dolphins defense is playing some a great ball. And I think their defenses just have a split edge over um, the San Francisco's 49ers offense. I like what Shanahan does. I like how um, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing, the weapon he has. But I think their defense, Miami defense, is just playing with an extra edge. So I like Miami here and soccer to them to uh, and take care of business out there in the 49ers. Now another huge matchup with playoff seeding implications. The Chiefs and the Bengals, a rematch from the playoffs last year. This time it's going to be played in the jungle in Cincinnati. The Bengals, they got off to an 0-2 start, but ever since then they have not looked back. Joe Burrow is starting to play at a very high level, and the Chiefs, we all know that they're going to continue to put on a show every single week, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Now, JJ, I'm going with Cincinnati here. Mm. I'm bought into this team again. I think they eliminated all the doubts that they had earlier in the season where everybody was questioning the, the new revamped offensive line. Can they protect Joe Burrow? And here's a huge boost for Cincinnati. They're expected to get Jamar Chase back from injury against Kansas City and Joe Mixon, their running back yeah. one, who's coming back from a concussion. So they're going to be at full strength. They're going to be at home. And after seeing Cincinnati go and out-physical the Tennessee Titans on their home turf, that was a big eye-opener for me, seeing guys like DJ Reader, Ted Karras, their starting center, Lyle Collins, just moving people in the trenches. I think they established themselves once again as a very viable contender to get back to the Super Bowl again, JJ. And T. Higgins, his emergence as another Big-time wide receiver weapon for Joe Burrow. And I know Kansas City, right? We can go on and on about Patrick Mahomes and how he's looked and Travis Kelsey. But the Bengals, they're playing with another level of intensity under Zach Taylor. I like them to win this one 31-27 in what should be a thriller. Yeah, um, yeah, Cincinnati's playing some great ball, man. And they got a lot of key firepower coming back on the offensively. They showed you what they can do. They can go on the road and win and stop a running heavy team. Um, I, I, I do. This question is going to be, can they stop the pass and attack of Mahomes? Uh, they have 12 touchdowns in the last 11 games through the airmen. So they're a passing heavy team. If Cincinnati can, and can prove and, and can stop the passing attack, we know they can stop the run because they went into Tennessee and stopped a great running game there. We all know Tennessee struggles sometimes with the vertical attacks offensively, but we know Mahomes is going to spread it out. If Cincinnati can find a way to kind of minimize that, stop the uh, the connection between Kelsey as well as Mahomes and, and stop the running game with McKinnon and, and the rest of the crew back there as well, Cincinnati will have a good chance. But I think Mahomes and them do a good job of keeping the ball away from Burrow and that high-power offense in Cincinnati, and they find a way to pull it off. Give me Kansas City Chiefs. Chargers at Raiders. Chargers 6-5 and five, coming off a massive victory for their playoff hopes as they knocked off the Arizona Cardinals going for two. Brandon Staley never shying away from going with the risky plays. And now they're going to take on a Raiders team that has won two games in a row, JJ. And they look like they have some momentum going in that locker room. Josh McDaniels, because speaking of the Raiders, I mean, they were in a horrible position losing yeah. game after game and the way they were losing. And I know their fan base, they were just in shambles. A lot of anger. People were crying for Josh McDaniels to be fired, but a couple of wins, it's crazy what it does for a franchise and its fan <laughs> base. And so now all of a sudden, they're feeling a lot better and they're hosting a Chargers team. They'll be at home and you know that that fan base in Vegas is going to be ready to rock and roll. And so I'm going with upset number two, JJ. Give me the Raiders 
to knock yeah. off an unstable Chargers team that has been up and down, very inconsistent. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, they have a connection going. Defensively, Max Crosby has fueled that unit. They're playing for one another. Josh Jacobs coming off a monster game. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he is banged up with that calf, and so he's going to be limited in practice this week. We'll see what his availability is like on Sunday. But even if Jacobs can't go, Zamir White, the rookie, is right behind him, who's also ran with some toughness as well. So I like the Vegas Raiders to win their third consecutive game on Sunday, 27-23 over their divisional rival. Yeah, that's uh, it's amazing. I think the I think the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders might have heard the noise, man. I think Derek Carr got tired of it. We all know what kind of player he is. He has one of the best deep balls accuracy down the field in the game as well. And then Josh Jacobs, man, I know his cap is hurting from the way he ran the ball so much and did a great job in that dominant performance he had against Seattle. So if the Chargers was kind of all equipped and they were not bit by some of the injury bugs, I would have chose them, but I like what the Raiders is doing. I think um, he, uh, Josh McDaniels did a great job of maybe talking to the team and putting some things in place and making them believe again. So give me the Raiders here as well. Sunday night football, Colts 4-7-1 and one at the Dallas Cowboys, 8-3. and three. How about them Cowboys? Now, JJ, yes, I'm rolling with my Cowboys here, 30-17 over the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. Now, I don't understand how the Colts almost beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home based on how inept that offense is. The offensive line is struggling, although Braden Smith, the right tackle, shut down TJ Watt. So, you know what? That guy's playing some good football. Matt Ryan looks like a shade of himself. Doesn't quite have that arm strength that he once had. And here is why I think this will be a train wreck for the Colts again on Sunday night, JJ. It's because... Matt Ryan is a mobile, and I think Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, Oso Digizua, those guys are going to eat Matt Ryan alive in the pocket because they're going to collapse it, and as long as Dallas on offense, as long as they don't come out and crap the bed and start playing below their opponent, and if they come out and play to their potential more like they showed in the second half against the Giants, They get that lead, J.J., they're going to make Matt Ryan have to throw the ball. And when he throws the ball, that edge rush and that pass rush with Micah Parsons, they're going to feast on that Indianapolis offensive line. And so give me the Cowboys here, 30-17 to over the Indianapolis Colts. You know the Colts are going to try to feature Jonathan Taylor just like they have the last couple of weeks. But the Dallas Cowboys can easily... Focus on that run game, shut down Taylor, let the offense get a lead, and then pin their ears and come after Matt Ryan. And that's the storyline, I believe, that will take shape on Sunday night. Absolutely, man. How about the Cowboys? I'm loving it right now, man. Those Cowboys, they did a lot of great things, man, in a short time. I don't want you to kind of um, underestimate what they did, man. They showed they can overcome any adversity. They went up to Green Bay. Uh, took a great loss there, but they bounced back ever since then, man. In 12 days, they won two big wins in a short window of four days, being the Minnesota Vikings as well as the Giants as well. C.D. Lamb is stepping up for them with two 100-yard receiving games in the last three games, and also the tight end group for Dallas and Shorts, Ferguson, Hendershot, and, and McKeon. And I mean, those guys are really stepping up and sh- shaping the form for the offense, which is taking a lot of pressure off the deck 
and also a lot of pressure off of Zeke and Pollard as well, man. So for all that reason, man, and we all know how that defense pin their ears back once they get up and get in the smell of quarterback that can't run. The Colts, man, they got the most turnovers in the league at 21. Um, I, I just don't understand that. We had a lot of high expectation for the Colts, but I don't think that Matt Ryan, you know, unfortunately is, is the answer for him. I think the, uh, Jonathan Taylor as well, he does a great job of running the ball, but at a team and situation that's that hormone jumping out in front of their opponents and pinning their ears back and going at the quarterback, Dallas Cowboys at the best at doing that. Give me the Dallas Cowboys easily here, blowout against the Colts. Last game on the docket, Monday Night Football, NFC South Clash, Saints 4-8, Buccaneers 5-6. And, and it's crazy because as bad as things have been for the Saints, they're still just a game and a half back of the division lead. And so both teams, plenty to play for here. The Buccaneers trying to overcome that overtime loss to the Browns. Same with the Saints. They lost. They got shut out by the 49ers. I like Tampa Bay here, JJ, just because they'll be at home at Raymond James Stadium. This one is played in New Orleans. Maybe I flip to the Saints here because Brady hasn't necessarily played well in New Orleans, but Tom Brady will get the ship righted here on Monday Night Football 23-16. I still expect Andy Dalton and the Saints to maintain a close affair, but Tampa will come away with the victory on defense. I think it's once again going to come down to Levante David and Devin White, the heart and soul of that defense. They're going to have to come ready to play. I think they do, and they're able to limit Alvin Kamara and his success. So Tampa Bay, I think they get the big, much-needed win to stay atop the NFC South. Yeah, that's going to be hard, man. I wanted to go with New Orleans as bad as I wanted to, man. Uh, we all know the record that the New Orleans have over Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, why he's been in there. He's been there at Tampa Bay. But like you say, for all the reason, when it's time and the, and, and, and the game is on the line and, and, and the season is on the line, we all know how the GOAT responds, man, and Tom Brady. He's still one of the best to ever do it. And I think just offensively, if New Orleans had more of an offensive power at the quarterback position and as well as uh, also tight end and other spots as well, they could be able to pull it off like usual. But I'm going Tampa Bay here as well. Tom Brady them to pull it off and get back in the uh, drop seat in the NFC South. Well, there is week number 13 of the NFL season coming your way starting on Thursday night. Bills, Patriots, looking forward to another great weekend of NFL football. JJ, as this season continues to roll on, the playoff picture starting to take shape one piece at a time. As always, JJ, appreciate your time, man. Enjoying the content, chatting up these matchups, and hopefully we get some better games this weekend. And as always, man, go Cowboys. Absolutely, man. You know it's always a pleasure. Uh, the season is heating up. Getting, like you said, we're getting the playoff picture, man. And, and it's going to be some great times for some great football. So I hope people really appreciate what's going to come forward in the next few weeks. You're going to get the best football played um, throughout these later seasons when everybody's kind of got enough film to play against each other and do what they do best. So I ain't going to hold you up no more, Isaac, man. I truly appreciate you. I hope you have a blessed week, man. I look forward to these games this week. Yes, sir. Same to you, brother. Take care and God bless. All right. God bless. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.